0: You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource.
1: How do you transition out of professional football into another wealth-building career? Dean Rogers lived the dream of a pro athlete with a big paycheck, so starting over was not easy. But once he started learning about real estate, he tackled the subject like a pro football player. And three months later, he did his first deal. That was nine years ago. In this episode, you'll hear how he launched his real estate career, the kinds of deals he's done, and some of the mistakes he's made along the way. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Dean began his professional life in the NFL with the San Diego Chargers. He backed away from football in 2013 when he realized his health was at risk. Today, he's flipped hundreds of homes and built a 10-figure real estate portfolio. Andy's here with us to tell us how he did it. Dean, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Well, Dean, welcome to The Real Wealth Show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You've got an interesting story that uh, you made it to the NFL, which is a huge deal in itself, and then after that into real estate. So let's talk about that. First of all, how did you How did you discover real estate? Was it right after you yes. ended your career?
0: Yeah, it wasn't that long after, actually. Uh, so made it to the NFL and had lived for a short period of time. You know, my, my dreams that I'd always dreamt of, you know, playing and being a professional athlete. And, um, the, the the short version of that story is, you know, I realized they switched positions on me from tight end to fullback. And now at fullback, even though I felt great from the neck down, I was now beating my head in running full speed, Ten yards away from the other guy, trying to kill each other and, uh, and having head-on collisions, and it was probably a fast track to uh, a shorter life. So made a tough decision to hang up the cleats and move on. Now, at that point, I started all over in life pretty much, and, and had no skill sets, Kathy, to really like, go into the professional working world and you know figure things out. Fortunately, I had a very close friend that I played college football with was like, "Hey, I know you're done with football." I got a great opportunity for you. And it was to work for a corporate company out of San Francisco, software tech company, pre-IPO, seemed like everything I had dreamt of for what, when I knew football would be done one day, what I would likely get into. <clears throat> and so he basically walked me, you know, shortcut lined me to the very front, got me in with basically no interviews and got me the job. And after working my butt off for a year, which I felt, like, man, I got all this energy. Like I'm used to just exerting so much on a daily basis that all I had to do is slap the keyboard around. This is so easy. And, um, (laughs) I I came out of this year of working my butt off to being like, congratulations, you know, you got your salary increase from 65,000 to 67. And I just came from a lifestyle where I'd written a seven figure contract. And I was used to seeing what life could be like and what I had dreamt of growing up to, you know, living in a 424 square foot apartment in San Francisco and barely making ends meet, it felt like. And my big pay raise was 2000 bucks. And so that was <laughs> eye opening for me to like, yo, I got to take this into my own hands and, and figure this out my own because they're not going to figure it out for me. So, um, now had I been in a sales job, maybe it would have been a different story and I would have, you know, done great and killed it there, but that just wasn't, uh, the position I was in. So I just got, went to Google and typed how to get started in real estate. Cause I, I grew up liking real estate. Uh, you know, my parents had some rentals, but they weren't, you know, like in your face investors or anything. And, um, I just remember late night Dean Graciosi infomercials and like, Really being on the edge of my seat at two in the morning, like wanting to buy this course. And so um, did the good old Google search, found a podcast from Sean Terry, Flip2Freedom podcast. And was just hooked, like uh, unhealthily obsessed with how much I knew this was it. Like this was it and I was going to make it work. And so from day one of the Google search to listening to the first episode, it was three months from start to finish you know as a as a, a very young adult of doing my first deal and and getting that um that uh that first deal done to know proof of concept i could do this and and mm-hmm. i could do it again so i got the bug and just went all out from there and uh many many things have happened between now and then
1: Did you have the capital? Did you save money from your NFL time? Not
0: much capital. No, didn't have much capital. Again, didn't live out, uh, the, the length of my contract and get all the, the big paydays, um, had a little bit of money, but really nothing to say, Oh, I'm going to go join this, you know, uh, very expensive coaching program to teach me how to do it. Or, Hey, here's a big massive down payment to just start buying some rentals. Like it was like, hey. You're living somewhere super expensive now on a very low salary, and um, you know you, you got to kind of get to grassroots and, like I said, kind of start all over and kind of figure it out along the way.
1: That's fascinating. So, how did you get capital?
0: Um, well, I didn't need capital at the beginning, which is what was so mm. um, uh, encouraging for going down this other exciting. Career path of real estate, um, which I knew had such potential and and opportunities, and so I just learned from Sean Terry's podcast how to market different types of free marketing to uh, make offers on these deals. And the deals I was making offers on at first, the leads were actually through an online auction platform. So I was making offers on there, (coughs) and then um, if I won the bid and it was the highest bid the the best bid then i would be uh have t- 48 hours to then get to the post office you know print out some documents sign some documents and get $1000 earnest money deposit there and now i had access to purchase the property within 30 days and i was able to assign it so that's what i did got the paperwork done and figured out the rest on how to assign it to an end cash buyer and turn that into money and and now I had additional money to then market more. And so I just kept kind of snowball, snowballing it from there, starting with a, a small budget focused towards the marketing. And as I'd get a deal, I'd roll it into the next one for more marketing and just kept going from there.
1: So you were mainly wholesaling in the beginning?
0: was mainly wholesaling for the first okay. year. And
1: Sorry. that is a wonderful way to get started because you don't need your own money. But you need to know what you're doing. So did you take his yeah. course? You did didn't didn't even
0: take his course. Just no, listen to his free podcast. That was it. Wow. And, um, and I, when I'm I'm not joking when I say I was obsessed, Kathy. Like I would I would listen to sometimes <laughs> the same episode on like how to fill out the contract because I wanted to make sure I understood it.
1: And wow. I had nothing
0: visually in front of me to tell me how to do it. So I remember he'd say, "Go to my website to download the contract." Okay, I did that. Now he's explaining it in his podcast and I'd be looking at it line by line, making sure I didn't miss anything and how to fill it out. So I just took a bunch of action and and didn't have the excuse of, well, I don't have a coach right now or, oh, I don't, I don't have enough to (laughs) get in this program or this or that. And um, so just went from there.
1: That's that's incredible. So after wholesaling, then you started flipping, or
0: and I started oh, flipping. So okay, um, like I said, a lot's happened between then and now, including some getting the crap kicked out of me stories, uh, which happened to me. Unfortunately-
1: better than getting the the crap kicked out of you on a I'm on a, a football field, on though, a right? Football
0: field, better than that. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say the after year one, I was wholesaling some properties to my now business partner, And mm-hmm. he was like, Hey, you're really good at finding deals. You want to do flips together. And we grew up in central California. And that's where I had taken some of that marketing money and started marketing there and wholesaling some deals. And, um, he's like, Hey, you were you know, doing some marketing and deals in Arizona, right? Like, that was going pretty good you know you know the market pretty good there right i'm like yeah yeah i know a little bit he's like well deals are slowing down a little bit here let's go flip some stuff out there i was like all right cool so um i had just joined fortune builders at that time i had enough money to join a coaching program and so i had just learned a bunch about flipping i feel confident i can take this on and he had years of experience of flipping so he's he he kind of hey you know what i've done this so you take the reins You kind of take point with the contractors and all this kind of stuff. So I did, and um, I had all the horror stories at the beginning of bad contractors, you know, basically doing really bad work and leaving the job, having to redo all the work over again because the work was so bad. And oh, by the way, I was so anxious and eager to do the flip that I rushed buying this property and I didn't realize that, well, the comps. On the other side of the street, the support of the value were so great and so obviously good. But on this side of the street, I just didn't know the market well enough to know this street didn't get the value. So now the value's you know, cut way down and you had all these over budget. So now you lost a bunch of money. So (laughs) we rushed into buying six flips real quick. And then my partner was like, well, let's slow down a little bit. Let's see how these go. We ended up losing $100,000 on those first deals. And for me, on all, all together. Having, <laughs> having just got into it, um, <laughs> we, we lost it on two properties. The rest, we made money. But, but oh. all in all, in total, yeah. I had lost $100,000. And for me, that wasn't what I needed. I needed to get ahead, <laughs> not set back. I, I was coming from already down here, and I'm working up. And so, um, that was a setback for me. And I had to look myself in the mirror and realize, you know what, I'm not the first person to lose money. I'm not the first person to have a setback. And what have I always done? I've always fought my way out of things. So that's what I did. And so the next year I worked my butt off, do more deals, close deals, and get out of that hole that I, you know, created for myself. Ultimately, With a
1: new partner or the same partner? Same partner. Oh, okay. Same partner,
0: And he jokes, uh, to this day that him and his assistant would be like, is this guy going to leave us, you know, with, with this loss or, you know, is he going <laughs> to, is he going to stick in it and, and fight out of it? So, you know, um, I stuck with it, fought out of it. And, um, and then we started scaling our flips. We started doing flips and only flips pretty much. And, uh, when we're, we're all pretty much direct to seller and grew it to doing, you know, a hundred flips a year. And, wow. uh, and we'd be doing in Phoenix. You know, no, in, in central California. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which was, which was where I grew up, which is where my partner's backyard was where he grew up as well. So for us, um, we just scaled it from there and, uh, you know, had another story where I got kicked in the teeth, which was, uh, I'll just, call it a, a wolf in sheep's clothing someone that was in like our little circle of community people um, mind you this whole time i when i first started working in the bay area i was in san francisco was doing everything virtually lived there for two years and then i moved back down to san diego so i'm now in san diego being around san diego investors and you know it'd be nice to do a, a cool sexy hgtv flip in san diego you know like Weather's good. The The property values are higher. I want to do some stuff here. So I had somebody in, in kind of my circle bring me in and he was doing deals with some other people. Seemed like they were going all right. So I was anxious to get into a deal and kind of get a nice big flip in. And the short story is as soon as I bought into the deal, it was a new construction deal. All the bad stuff started surfacing. Like Oh, this architect hadn't been paid. Oh, this civil engineer hadn't been paid. Oh, this hard money lender who was all lined up for the deal, actually, that guy had drawn money out and hadn't been making payments. Like all this kind of stuff started to surface and uh, made my heart beat out of my chest when I was going to bed, Um, but had to overcome that, you know, ended up losing $187,000 on that deal. Mm.
1: Oh and boy!
0: The sad part is not even one piece of dirt moved on that property, but I I had fought and renegotiated deals with people just to claw to get out of that thing, and um was was painful. It was super painful. But
1: and that's after already doing uh, over a hundred flips.
0: Yeah, yep. And,
1: it's and- amazing. It's, it's amazing. Do you think it was because it
0: was something different or a different area or here's what it was? Um, what? here's an example, like a deal that I just closed, um, last Thursday, <coughs> we had opened escrow on Wednesday. We close it in 24 hours on Thursday. And this is a deal it's in central California. We bought it for 150. We borrowed 180 from a private lender. He wired funds on the Thursday. Um, we we worked all the paperwork to get it done fast. We closed escrow in 24 hours. That's super fast, super, super fast. Yeah. And that deal being super conservative is a $125,000 net profit deal when we're all said and done. It's gonna be a lipstick flip, super easy in and out. and. That for us is something that's our expertise. We understand the property. There's a hundred percent confidence. We executed getting the deal done with precision. But this other deal, which was new construction, was something where this other person was the expert, right? And mm-hmm. had all this experience. They were, you know, a contractor and investor and were doing all these other big deals. And So I, I literally gave almost all of my trust just to them because Mm -hmm. they were in our circle. Like, why shouldn't I trust them? And that's, that has been a personality trait of me where I have gotten myself in trouble a couple of times, two of which I've mentioned where I am maybe too trusting because I believe everyone's got good intentions. Like I've been around good people pretty much my whole life. And so I believe that everybody's like me wanting to do the right thing. And and that person just took advantage. And all it took, Kathy, is one more phone call to one of those people, like I mentioned, the architect or the civil engineer who had the plans ready to go, or the hard money lender. And just to check, like, hey, we're this deal's ready to go, right? So and so said it's ready to go. And they would have said, Whoa, no, this deal's all messed up. And so mm. uh that was a big life lesson is especially if you're outside of your normal comfort zone, make the extra phone call. Yeah. And that might save yeah. you a lot of pain. You don't need to rush to do a deal. It's better not to do a deal than a bad deal.
1: Oh, that is such good advice. And I have been there more times than I care to admit for the same reason. Uh, you know, most people trust people and most people don't lie. So they assume other people aren't lying. And uh, that is the hardest lesson I think most investors face is, mm-hmm. um, never trust, even your own family, even your own parents or your kids, just never do business on trust because it, 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 you've, you've got to do business based on the business plan and, and the preparation and, and due diligence and no matter who you're dealing with, I trust me, I've been there. And especially when it's something new, something that maybe you're not an expert at.
0: Um, so yeah, great lessons trust is earned, not given. Um, the sick part, the twisted vindictive part of that person who, who really got me on that second one is they would even say out of their own mouth many times, trust, but verify trust, but verify mm. like they were mm. the, uh, the Puritan person, um, you know, making sure that you do your due diligence. And it was like, Oh, you know what? This will be fine. It'll work out. Um, but yeah, trust is earned. And, and I, very grateful to have very very important relationships in my business now to this day. To where, like I said, I called my private lender on on Wednesday. I said, "Hey, we just got this deal. We want to close it really fast. Do you have one hundred eighty thousand dollars?" He's like, well, "Let me check. Yep, I got it. Just let me know when." And I ended up calling him Thursday morning. His phone was turned off at first, so we <laughs> we had my office manager drive to his house. And say, like, hey, we're ready to close this deal today. Can you make it to the bank? Yeah, he got to the bank, wired it to escrow. That trust is there. We've we've earned it over and over again. And mm-hmm. therefore, he performed, got it done, very valuable to us. And likewise, we're very valuable to him to earn money on his money. So, um, yeah. So again, just that area of expertise. And so, Kathy, where we went from there is, you know. Kind of working my way back out of that and and the pain that it brought and the the time and energy suck that it took uh having to deal with these other people who hadn't been paid and and were upset and had large bills that had to be you know figured out so um went went back to to work uh flipping deals and then quickly realized you know what we're really good at flipping or finding deals. Right, but when we do too many flips, we kind of get a law of diminishing returns. So um, the light bulb went off because in the in the flip game, unless you got it structured really well, which I got some tips for, um, you can be cash poor basically at all times as you're mm-hmm. constantly bringing on new projects. As soon as your profit comes in from the deals that close, your money's going right back out to other flips. So I was like, wait a second, that money just got here; it's already gone. And so, (laughs) and then you got your overhead and your marketing and you want to pay yourself some money to have a living. So it seemed like a constant, uh, cash management challenge. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and where that ended up is, you know what? We're really good at finding deals. Let's wholesale deals and let's buy rentals, right? I need Mm -hmm. to build wealth. I need to get out of the just income income and, you know, just chasing all the time a deal, I need to build wealth, and so that's where the rental game came into play, and we really focused on growing that.
1: Oh, wonderful, in California?
0: Yep, all in Central California, which I gotta say, I just love, love, love the market there, because it's really mm-hmm. simple, easy to understand. If I'm buying a rental in San Diego, I might have to spend seven, $800,000 to buy a house, yeah. and the rent doesn't even cover the mortgage, whereas in Central California, uh, I can buy a house for a hundred, $200,000, right? If I'm buying a discount and then it's worth 200 to 300,000. And then I go to refinance and I can have basically no money in the deal and, and, you know, do a a refi.
1: How are you getting homes at a discount?
0: Yeah. So we're doing all direct to to seller marketing. So we're Mm -hmm. doing postcards, we're doing PPC, we're doing TV ads, um, all the different types of marketing that you can imagine. And so we've got leads just flowing in pretty much every single day and um, looking at different opportunities and figuring out what we can do with them and what makes the most sense. So distressed
1: sellers, basically?
0: Yeah, distressed mm-hmm. sellers, uh, people that need you know, need cash for one reason or another. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the sellers are even realtors and, and they know the market really well or they're savvy investors and they just understand the value of getting a cash offer and not having to deal with the issue with the property. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. the the distress is with the seller themselves, something financially or situational in their life, or it could be the actual property where it's, uh, it itself is in distress and, you know, lots of repairs Mm -hmm. needed and all that.
1: Fascinating. Okay. So how would you say that your training for, Being a professional athlete kind of applies to you being successful in real estate.
0: Yeah, I I love this question because I've spent a lot more time thinking about it uh, more recently, the more past you know, couple years. Like, what what is it about me that might be unique, and others that are doing the same thing as me and that are performing at a high level and getting great results in real estate? And I think what it boils down to um, that I took from being a professional athlete and applying it in my personal life and with real estate, it just boils down to discipline. And I heard this on someone else's podcast recently, and it was kind of like in a in a motivational type of theme. And it was focused on if you were just needing motivation, if you were a motivation-driven person, then you might not get where you want to go because you tell me, there's plenty of days I wake up, I'm not super excited about Getting to work that day, or like Mm -hmm. supercharged, jumping out of bed. I might be tired, or just kind of felt like a beat down. Or, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're going through emotional roller coasters of how you're feeling based on your wins and based on your losses. And so, for me, it's just that discipline, like the Mm -hmm. willingness and understanding that I have to show up every single day and I'm going to put in the work, whether I Feel sick, or I don't feel good, or whatever it is. Because when you, when I was playing sports, you know, you're not going to go to your coach and be like, "Hey, dude, my tummy is hurting today." You know? <laughs> what? Like,
1: I really you know, need to rest today. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: man. Yeah, don't and don't then also, I just don't feel good. No, like, <laughs> I
1: drank too much.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's not um, like- uh, yeah, and also, you have to pull yourself back up with probably pretty consistent losses. Yeah. You know, and even if you played amazing, yeah. like your best performance ever, and still lose the game, you 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 got to just mentally let that go somehow. Which is you have to do in real estate too. It's like I I gave it my all, it didn't work. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, because you go you go play to play. You might be kicking butt in the first half of the game, and the second half you get whooped. Um, You might yeah. have three plays in a row where you caught a pass, you made a great block, and uh, the team went and scored a touchdown. And the next one, you just get blindsided and knocked on your butt. Like there's so much that happens on a play-to-play, play-to-play basis, and the same thing is true in life too. Like just yeah. in one day, I might get super excited because we just closed escrow. I'm looking at an email over here. We just closed escrow on a deal, and the next thing, you know, might be super down because, uh, we lost out on a deal or, you know, Mm -hmm. my kids are losing their, you know, crap in the background or something like that, you know, um, (laughs) like there might be all sorts of different factors that play into, you know, how you're feeling. Yeah.
1: And you got to just, again, focus on, on the end game, I guess. And again, even with football, I, I, it amazes me, you know, how emotional that must be to give it your all and then still lose or just make it all the way to the Super Bowl but then yeah. lose that i mean that takes some mental strength
0: yeah and and you made a good point there that made me think your team might even win but you might have had an awful game and you might have won but still feel down about it like there's mm. all these different things that come together and like you said you could also have the best game of your life but your team lost and now your season's mm-hmm. over And so there's, there's all these different things that kind of play into how you're feeling there.
1: Well, I'm just, I love to hear from professional athletes who have figured out another way to make money, because that's really sad too. That's really sad that you can reach the pinnacle of a career and then it's over in a year or two. Like, so what is it? The average length of an NFL player is like one or two years.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you reach the top of the top and then, and then then you get cut and what's next for you? I, I, over. then it's over and, and most players have not learned how to save their money or invest it. They don't have to spend it.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, that lifestyle definitely lends itself for those opportunities. So,
1: oh yeah. Well, I hope you'll be uh, helping to educate some of your colleagues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. Well, uh, Dean has been really wonderful to have you here on the real wealth show. I think you've inspired a lot of people and I'm so glad to hear that you're keeping, uh, the properties now, not, not just uh, flipping them or wholesaling them because that is truly how wealth is built, but you've, you've learned all kinds of, I mean, all, all of the things that we've done in the past lead us to where we are today. So you're better at buy and hold because you've done all those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've learned the skills. Yeah. And I've understood, having gone through the other things, that the, the wealth is not built or retained or preserved unless you are buying those rentals, you're, you're holding onto those properties. So I'm fortunate to say that at this point, you know, we're basically at approximately eight figures in our rental portfolio and growing. And um, I'm sure you know, as the market shifts and changes and stuff, we'll, there'll be more opportunities to add many more to that. And just, just the, all the different values that you already know in terms of, you know, the appreciation, the depreciation, the principal pay down, uh, the cash flow, all the different aspects that come together in, uh, those rental properties is really where, uh, it makes it able to, to build that wealth.
1: Yeah. Very, very exciting. Absolutely. All right, Dean. Well, thank you again for joining me here on the real wealth show and, and sharing your story.
0: Thanks for having me. Appreciate
1: it. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to find out how you can build your portfolio, just go to realwealth.com to get access to lots of resources, including some of the best markets to invest in today for cash flow and potential appreciation, and access to our referral network to teams across the country who can help you find and manage rental property. Again, that's realwealthshow.com.